Oh man. What? We're on. We're on. Uh, not, but not our own program. Where are we, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> We're on someone else's podcast. Are we? Um, That's wild. Yeah. <laughs> I hope they don't mind. Do they know this is happening? <laughs> well, uh, let's hope so, or for their own good. Whose podcast are we on? Yeah, we're on this podcast called Storytelling Breakdown. We're doing a little spotlight series for them. Well, just one a single shot, I guess. Not really a series. All right. But uh, Storytelling Breakdown. This one of my one of my very good friends from high school, Mr. Ben Clemmer, yeah, uh, is is one of the hosts of this show, and he has asked us to do a little segment, a little thing, sort of as a, as a plug on their show. They are all about all sorts of fun, nerdy things in pop culture. Um, everything from Star Wars to Lord of the Rings to comic books to tabletop games. And they're guys like us. Yeah. I we're mean, guys like us. We're Yeah. <laughs> they're guys like we are. Okay, go Whatever. Ahead. Anyway. So so anyway. So we've been invited, right? We've been invited under, under their show from afar. I'm just going to hand them this audio, and they're going to work with it. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be like heavily edited. <laughs> it's going to be, oh, yeah. This no. is going to turn to high. The, this, first, are... this first minute and a half is going to be completely gone from the uh, from the show because they are like, nope, that's enough of that. Uh, <laughs> and who are we, by the way? We're the Dave's Fault Podcast. I yeah. am Deacon Dan. I'm Father Stephen. And we are a couple of crazy clerics in the church who are talking about all sorts of things. And today, the guys from Storytelling Breakdown want us to do something on the Jedi Code. We oh. are working on talking about these things that are... This is from Star Wars, for those of you who don't know. That's where uh, the Force is from? That's where the Force is from. <laughs> that was from Star Wars. That's from Star Wars. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> that was from Tommy Boy. That was from Tommy... Yeah, I know. Uh, oh, these poor people already. I know, like, I know. It's they're, they're, uh, those those who listen to our show are already used to it. Those who do not get used to it. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> strap in. Uh, strap in. Yep. Anyway, very good. So uh, why don't we just go ahead and jump into it? Um, the Jedi Code, Father Stephen. You looked up a little bit of the background on where this thing came from. First off, what is the Jedi Code? Can we just kind of get all of the words? Into oh, people's sure. brains. So it's it's like a uh, a mantra is basically a way to describe it, and it's it's a philosophy of life that supposedly this is how the Jedi sort of the Jedi of the light side, good Jedi, right. are they they see the universe, and it goes like this: there is no emotion, there is peace, there is no ignorance, there is knowledge, there is no passion, there is serenity, there is no chaos, there is harmony. There is no death. There is the force. Yep. That and wraps it, it all up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, where did that come from? Well, I found this on Wikipedia, which is the Star Wars oh, Wookie wiki. Wikipedia? Yeah, yeah, I know, right? That's right. right. Anyways, the uh, easy chewy. <laughs> but the... Uh, <laughs> Punch it. <laughs> but the original, like the, the concepts, like when they wrote this down, like the writers and stuff, it appears to originate... In, in early drafts of The Empire Strikes Back, in the early script. And there, it wasn't a, a real mantra, like a, like a philosophical view of the universe. It was more like a code of chivalry. So, for instance, what got cut out of the script was Luke, when Luke Skywalker's taking off to go to Cloud City. This didn't make it into the, to the final version. But he swears a code to Yoda, and apparently, like, they, they see it as, as sort of, well, it's nightly. Obviously, we always see Jedi Knights. But the code went something like this. I, Luke Skywalker, do swear on my honor and on the faith of the Brotherhood of Knights to use the Force only for good, denying, turning always from the dark side, to dedicate my life to the cause of freedom and justice. If I should fail of this vow, my life shall be forfeit here and hereafter. And they just need to add in amen. But the, uh, 
but but you see, like, so help me God and God's oh never mind in God's holy church on which uh, gospels on which I lay my hands. But the um, <laughs> so awesome. Everything is Catholicism. Yeah, uh, and that's sort of like the point of the show is is we're going to try and find in, the Catholicism in here. Plus, like again, but there's so what they switched it into. And again, this the first quote that I read the mantra came from the 1987 uh, role-playing game, Star Wars role-playing game. So it's sort of like Dungeons and Dragons, but set in the Star Wars universe. If you wanted to play as a Jedi Knight or as, I imagine, a Sith Lord or or some space pirate or two <laughs> lovable droids, you'd have yeah, to play as one probably. But right. the, uh, <laughs> anyways, the uh, that that was what they, they put in there. And again, the idea, and you sort of see this in the movies, is the Jedis are always... The good Jedis are always taught to like control their emotions and their fear. And because fear leads to the dark side, which mm-hmm. allows you to sort of like tap into your anger and use your emotion to drive you in a negative sense. Yeah. But if you if you master that, then you're sort of like at peace with the cosmos. You see that as like Luke standing on one hand as he like lifts rocks and holds Yoda on his foot. Mm-hmm. It's really a good scene. And, and the the opposite of that would be Anakin, who falls to his, you know, over-emotional stance with Padme. And Man, is he over-emotional. Yeah, it's true. And to, to, to uh, yeah, major fault. You've but, taken uh, her away from me! <laughs> you yeah. will try! Sorry. Anyway, fortunately, intellectually, we have the high ground here. And, oh, uh, <laughs> wow, man, this is getting super nerd. <laughs> Go on. So... So yeah, uh, kind of juxtaposing Luke and his own father, um, one definitely sort of gave in to what the Jedi Code stands against, and one sort of is able to is able to live it well. Right, he supposedly. masters he masters the code, and that, again, like as you live this sort of mantra, the more you understand, the deeper you understand this sort of like. Again, I'm going to just say it: Zen Buddhist kind of mindset. The closer you are to the Force, the more you can utilize the Force. Because you, you understand the greater reality that's beyond this reality, right? So, yeah. Anyways, so I think I think maybe it'd be helpful to sort of get into some of the details here um, and give a little bit more of a, a theological perspective on on some of the parts of the code. Um, you know, there are things there are things in Catholic life that that seem well. You know what? Let me say this. Go ahead. When it comes to the author. Of a, of a book or of any any story, yeah. very often there's sort of a literary mindset that says that once the, the work is out there, it sort of has a life of its own. It's really not connected to what the author thinks about it anymore. I'm not sure um, what I think about that, but there that seems to be sort of like a, a literary idea or, you know, a, a, an idea in literature that it's not really about the idea that's being given by the author so much as it is like what the story tells for itself. Perhaps. The fandom is, though, is really the keeper of the canon, so to speak. Right, exactly. And, yeah. But I think what needs to be said is that, like, even – it seems that George Lucas, when he was writing a lot of stuff, Mm -hmm. was really leaning heavily on a lot of philosophies and theologies of of Far East, you know, religions, Buddhism. Mystic mindsets. Right. All these sort of things. And there are certainly elements that are involved in – you can even see it here in the code. Um, however, if we really, if we, if it's true that any sort of literary thing or any sort of story kind of takes on a life of its own, it is sort of separate from any anything the that the writer was using to sort of underlie 
the thought. Right. Well, I'm pretty sure George Lucas wasn't involved in, in the creation of the Star Wars role-playing game. I mean, the rights belonged to him, I'm sure, and I'm sure he made some money off of it. <laughs> God bless him. Yeah. But, the, uh, but like somebody looked mm-hmm. at like what they saw in those movies right. and then extrapolated <clears throat> from it and said, well, this is, is like this mystical Zen-like. There is, in fact, the reality you encounter is the illusion is sort of the tone of this. Right. And the truth of it is you are actually at peace. And and we were just talking about the martial artist Bruce Lee. And Bruce Lee had this this philosophy about how you had to be like water. And so like you just moved around your opponent and you were able to wear him down and encapsulate him. You were never frustrated by him, at least you shouldn't be. And and so and thus you were able to conquer him with ease and and with with you know fluidity. And so, I mean, we'll just go through this code because there's, there's value in this. I mean, Catholicism teaches you that your emotions are a good thing, provided you are ruling them and not the other way around. Uh, anger tells you what's injustice, for instance. You know, oh, I'm angry. Why am I angry? Because I'm experiencing some level of injustice and it should be corrected. That's the source of anger. Okay. So what happens? Do you let that drive you or do you master the anger and, and sort of use it for the proper good, which is in whatever situation may be, I can help reset the situation. And so uh, you think about combat, for instance. It's very hard to give orders when you're fighting for you and your buddy's lives uh, and not be angry. But if you allow yourself to be so enraptured by the emotion that you're blinded, you're probably going to get everybody killed on your side. Whereas, you know, because I just want to pursue the enemy and get them. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So ideally in combat, you're using that drive, that emotion to do something. Well, the Jedi code says there is no emotion. There is peace. And the idea behind that, I'm pretty sure, is that they see the emotion as, I don't want to say purely negative, but that seems to be the case. If you Go ahead. Yeah, that seems to be the case. And I think a Catholic twist on it would be to talk about um, the gift of the Holy Spirit, self-control. Mm-hmm. Like, like there is there is room for, you know, a, a, an idea that it's like, okay, we have emotions, but they aren't the thing that drives what we do. Like, they they might play a part. They might be sort of an underlying factor. They're mm-hmm. a part of our human nature. Right. Um, all these sort of things. But but being able to sort of um, act in the world. With with not just having that as the only driving force, you know, having perhaps virtue, right? In you know, in in cahoots with our with our uh, <laughs> emotions, yeah. Cool. So well, anyway. then there's there is no ignorance, there is knowledge. Now this is interesting because this is a very westernized mantra of a far eastern concept. Yep. Because people, because <laughs> it really is like it's clearly written by like someone in America or in in Western Europe, right? Uh, on what like they think makes sense from from a, a Far Eastern mindset. Because, like, oftentimes this is compared to, like, Buddhism. And there's a lot of, of discipline in Buddhist monks. And and they can do incredible feats of strength because they are so, so self-disciplined. Mind over matters is the classic line. And they can do crazy stuff. Great, praise God. Right. But what's the point they're going for? The point they're going for is self-annihilation. And now I, I don't mean it like from a suicide standpoint. They actually don't believe in that. Mm-hmm. They believe that's giving in to despair. Right. But self-annihilation from the standpoint of if I can realize that I am in fact nothing, then when I do pass away, I will become nothing. 
Right. And thus, suffering ceases, which is they see as the ultimate bane of existence. But existence, you see, is an illusion. And all they have to do is realize that, and they stop being. Yeah. So, but then, but so, like I said, this is this is very Western, it, because it says there is no ignorance, there is knowledge. Like so, again, there's sort of this negative comparison with, say, emotion. When I'm angry, I don't think. I don't have a grasp of of the reality around me and what's truly going on. So there is that sort of again. There's a sense of like peaceful control here. But if I empty myself of my ignorance. Suddenly, I'm like more alive to the universe, right? And there's there's a certain degree in which this might might sort of be useful. Because again, in so in in six words or seven words on the page, you're not really getting very much of the philosophy underneath what the words actually mean in the Star Wars world. So for us, we have to sort of read these and and put the meaning underneath it oh, sure. to make it make any sense of it. But in that situation, like when we when we someday, please God, die and go to heaven, um, we see things as they are. Like, there is a certain sense in which ignorance is no more, mm-hmm. right? That's, that's something that is a part of the, of the fallen nature of man. And it's like, okay, well, you know, in the end, ignorance really isn't a part of it. Right. No, you will know as much as you possibly can. Right. In eternity. Right. Please God, if you're united with him. Right. The, so as I said, this is a very Western kind of concept here. Even though like our initial take is like, whoa, man, that's like so Zen. That's so deep. Even it's, it's yeah. People like to sort of lay it on that, but I but I think it, it can be useful well, in, in our understanding of it. Yeah. Uh, and then again, they go through a couple more. There is no passion, there is no serenity, there is no chaos, there is harmony. And then the final one is is particularly interesting to me. There is no death, there is the force. Right. And this this gets into some of that back into that some like self annihilation mm-hmm. possibility. That seems to be sort of the Far East theology. But um and it's sort of visualized when you watch the movies and you see for the in the very first movie when Obi-Wan Meets his end with Darth Vader. Surprise! If you haven't watched Episode Four, spoiler alert: yeah, <laughs> Darth Vader kills Obi Wan, but then he kills in air quotes. Right? He just kind of poofs into he disappears. Nothing, sort right. of, maybe. Who knows? And then later on, you discover, or actually, almost immediately, you hear Obi Wan's voice right, telling, telling Luke, Luke to, to get run. out. Yeah, yeah, run, Luke, run. And it's like, see Luke run. Right? <laughs> see Luke run. <laughs> see him fly in the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> Punch it, Chewie. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Children's story. Star Wars children's story. Um, but but I think you, you brought up a good point when we were discussing this. Mm. It's like the self-annihilation is being is like being completely subsumed into the universe. Right, from, right, right. From the perspective of like Well, this is more of a Hindu mindset. Hindu the, thing. the Buddhist extrapolated from the Hindus. Right. But like in, in Hinduism, like you become one with the universe. It's like pantheism. Mm-hmm. And and therefore like you are totally united with existence right. in, in whatever that is. So it's, but there is self-annihilation in that. You are a drop of water returning to the ocean. And the... Um, Whereas we would say, we would say that we are brought into uh, the divine. Right. Right. But, but you're not That's self-annihilated. You right. are more yourself than you've ever been. Right. By being united with the divinity. Your individuality remains. Right. The words, I think it's important here for Catholics to understand, the words deification, divinization, and sanctification are all more or less the same words with different nuances, <laughs> right? Like, 
it's it's about being brought into the divine life of God. That's what heaven is. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and for when when we do that, you know, we don't lose ourselves to God. Just as as like the Hindus would think, you kind of lose yourself. Right. Your individuality is subsumed. Right. Say. Yeah. So, but even even in in the movies, they don't buy into that because. Obi-Wan comes back right. as an individual. You see Yoda and you see Anakin as force ghosts, they're called. Right. And it's so much, like, much more akin to a soul. Right. Yeah. So again, like it's a very Western take on Eastern meditations. <laughs> it's yeah. like, oh, this sounds so good. But really, you know, like the individual's still there. The <laughs> of course. <laughs> and so like you see these, these force ghosts show back up. So there is no death. There is the force. Like there is this idea that that you will always exist and and become part of something greater. And again, it, it's a it's an interesting way to to sort of view view the cosmos. And there is some and this is interesting because we're Catholic, so we like to have both and. <laughs> the uh yeah. it's not just like one way and that's it. But you see higher and higher levels of contemplation and you sort of see serenity. In that, I mean, serenity is mentioned in this in this mantra, mm-hmm. um, but but for instance, every parish priest should so diocesan priests, the ones who are most secular, secular priests we sometimes even call them, mm-hmm. but the ones the, who are in the secula, in the age, they're right. in the world, right? That's trying to be means. with the the people as close as they can be. Praise right. God. Right. Even we should have some sort of level of contemplation. Where again, like they taught us at seminary, you take a daily holy hour. And you pray the breviary. Yeah. And you, and, you know, mass every day. Other other devotions, too. Mm-hmm. There are things but, you're supposed to do every single day. And you find time to contemplate God. Mm-hmm. And that's just on a – that's just for the guy who's honestly should be dedicating a large chunk of his daily life, perhaps the majority, to serving the people, to be – to interacting and taking care of the parish. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Many – Many priests, whether they're religious or secular, you know, diocesan priests or religious order priests, mm-hmm. as well as the lay faithful, are you know what we call in the world but not of it, right? I mean, it's it is a, a sense that we do have to put aside that time of dedicated prayer and contemplation, so that we can be well prepared for that being brought into the divine life of God um, when it does come. You know, that's a part of the sanctification. That's a part of that's a part of our life now. It's like it's it's like a scrimmage, you know, for a for a sport. Like yeah. the reason you play the scrimmage is so that you can be well prepared for the big game when it comes. Like Ooh. the reason you do these things on the order of contemplation now is because you need to be sort of in a certain sense well prepared for when contemplation is the thing you're doing because that's what <laughs> heaven is. It's it's like perfect contemplation of the divine godhead. Like yeah, that's important. And the more – and so if you step away from like the secular priesthood and you look at, say, like the religious orders, mm-hmm. you will find higher levels of contemplation in that. And I mean you can sort of see this in, in the Star Wars universe. Obviously the Jedi is supposed to be like like the, the grand poobah of like mastery of the Force. But then there are other people who are interacting with the Force at varying levels. Leia, for instance, mm-hmm. in the original trilogy seems to have some high-level connection with the Force. Because spoiler alert, she's Luke's sister, uh, and the uh, and then there are other characters too who seem to have minor interactions with it, mm-hmm. or quote unquote force sensitive. Right, but this whole idea of sort of disappearing into nothingness, like even the Lord Himself says, you know, without me you can do nothing. Right, 
so in a certain sense, like we, our strength does only kind of come from him. Right. When we, when we, when you get it down to. Oh, without me, you can do nothing. Right. Without me, you can do nothing. And yeah, I think people, people who enter into very, very contemplative religious orders, especially monastic communities, I'm thinking of like Carthusians, the guys who basically live as hermits, but in communities, they have mass together and they, they pray together. Um, the, the, the breviary, the liturgy of the hours, those kind of communities are very much about disappearing from the world. In fact, the language around monastic life, the language around, you know, eremitic life, the language around these ascetical lives, these different orders, is dying to the world, right? It's, it's as if I do not exist in the world anymore. My entire life is given over to God. Now, granted, of course, there's the, the bodily reality of like, no, I am still in the world, obviously. I'm doing work with this religious community. I'm living yeah. with them and I'm working with them. Um, well, the Jedi are an order. They they right. function together like monks to some degree. Yep. I mean, even even look at the uh, <laughs> look at their robes. I mean, they're wearing like brown and black, and they're oh yeah. You know, they wear very simple clothing, and they have a very like controlled demeanor about how they live. And it's it's like well that that does very much smack of a monastic community or at least a religious community. Well, I mean, they even stress celibacy right. in in one of the movies. I can't remember which one. Uh, one of the prequels, but. But yeah. and the hence hence Anakin's real bad fall. Right. But the but I mean aside from murdering the younglings, spoiler alert. <laughs> but the uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, that, that really got out of hand. Right. But the, <laughs> but there's the uh, the aspect of discipline, a unified you know group, an order, and from that idea comes this sort of philosophy. Uh, philosophical underpinning Mm -hmm. and and to one to one extent i mean obviously this was written just sort of so that it sounded cool kind of thing it's kind of shallow to a degree it's it's something you just sort of throw out there and and the kid who's rolling dice and pretending to be obi-wan's like this is something i can chant because i go into battle yeah there are five lines and each each of them consist of seven words it's almost a haiku like it's it's not (laughs) it's not like super in depth here and there are people who have written all sorts of lore about what it means and all that kind of oh sure which is has its it's fun and that sort of thing yeah i mean it's just good fiction just Mm -hmm. good fiction good good fantasy and all that kind of stuff so um and i think we've actually mined some some decent value out of it from a catholic standpoint yeah and again it's you have to sort of keep in you have to kind of uh suspend disbelief for a little bit and just sort of look at it for what it is and and where it kind of came from and see what good things you can take from it what is it uh test everything and keep what, keep is, what good. is good saint paul so there it is test test star wars and keep what is good right um even if there are pieces of the jedi code that you know uh, there might be pieces of the Jedi code that might actually be helpful for you in your spiritual life. Who knows? Right. So, yeah, good. Well, okay, my friends, that is probably going to be it for this segment. Uh, it is just a little segment. It's much. It's probably about half to uh, a third of what the usual length of our episodes go. So, if you want more content like this, look us up at the Deus Volt Podcast. Um, we are on Facebook and Instagram. We are probably on most podcast apps, uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify, as well as our own our own website. You can reach us also at our Gmail account, deusfultpodcast at gmail.com. Cool. But uh, of course, for those of us who already listen to us, we're putting this on our on our website, um, as well as it's it's going to be on the Storytelling Breakdown site. Um, they have their own website, storytellingbreakdown.com. 
And they're on all the different podcast apps and stuff too. And they're on Facebook. At least I don't know if they're on other social media. I didn't look at that, but look them up too. Yeah. They, they make great content. They're a couple of goofy, nerdy guys just like us, even though we are clerics in the church uh, <laughs> and they are not. Um, but not uh, judging. <laughs> but no, but they are, they are doing a lot of the same sort of stuff we are. And they appreciate the, uh, the work that storytelling does in the world because, you know, storytelling is a part of human life. And it's, it's just important to us as as we go it's about key. life. It's key. Yeah. Well, anyways, brothers and sisters, thanks for listening. I, I hope this was, if, if not informative, at least entertaining. Yeah. But maybe it did both. <laughs> Perhaps. God willing. But uh, speaking of, I'm Deacon Dan. I'm Father Stephen. And as always, Davis Volk. Davis Volk.